I want us to read from uh, the Gospel of Luke. I'm actually going to read from the J.B. Phillips translation. Um, my daughter-in-law said she wasn't even sure she'd heard of it. I think she was joking slightly. Uh, it's a modern translation, but having said that, it was published in 1952. So I don't know how modern that makes it. Um, but there you go. That's what I'm going to read from. And I'm going to read from chapter 18 and starting at verse 1 of the J.P. Phillips translation. Speaking about Jesus, it says this. Then he gave them an illustration to show that they must always pray and never lose heart. Once upon a time, he said, there was a magistrate in a town who had no fear of God and was no, had no respect for his fellow men. There was a widow in the town who kept coming to him saying, please protect me from this man who is trying to ruin me. And for a long time, he refused. But later he said to himself, although I don't fear God and I have no respect for men, yet this woman is such a nuisance that I shall give judgment in her favor or else her continual visits will be the death of me. Then the Lord said, notice how this dishonest magistrate behaved. Do you suppose God, patience, patient as he is, will not see justice done for his chosen, who appeal to him day and night. I assure you, he will not delay in seeing justice done. Now, I want to make it really, really clear that this story that Jesus told was nothing at all to tell you about what God is like. This tells us nothing of what God is like, except that he is good and he um, upholds, just, upholds justice for his people. God is not long-suffering and kind of gives in because we pray and relenting. That was not the point of Jesus' prayer, his story, sorry. He says, right at the very beginning, the illustration, the story, is to show that they must always pray and never lose heart. That's the purpose of that story. We must always pray and never lose heart. And Jesus was an amazing example himself of what it meant to never lose heart and to always pray. I mean, throughout the Gospels, continually, we hear about him going off to spend time uh, on his own, up the mountain or wherever he could, to spend time talking to his father. I want to read to you a couple of other verses. These are from the English Standard Version, Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Are you getting my message this morning? You know, I used to hear the injunction to pray every day and think, oh man, that sounds boring. Um, now I'm sure there are many people sat in this room that have never ever thought that. And obviously I'm being very vulnerable with you. In saying that, um, but just just to pray every day. But then I didn't really know what it meant. I didn't understand what it meant to pray. I thought it was my religious duty to pray. I thought it was my religious duty to read the Bible. I didn't realize that actually what was giving me was a glorious opportunity and privilege 
to have a personal relationship with him. Yes, I'd become a Christian. I was had a personal relationship with Jesus, but I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. It's taken me years and years and years to grow a personal relationship with Jesus. And I'm glad and I trust the Lord that I've still got a few decades left, at least to continue to grow in that personal relationship with Jesus. And that is what prayer is. It's learning to have a personal relationship with Jesus to realize that he has opened a door for us to come in and to grow with him. In fact, it's interesting because in, in Revelation 3, he actually talks about that he's knocking on a door and is waiting for us to open it. You know, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, well, I will come in and sit with him her and dine with him, dine with her. And I always heard that taught as if it was like, you know, wanting people to become Christians. But I think it's a lot of Christians that have the door shut. As a challenge to me, it's a challenge to you. There's a lot of us who keep the door shut. And he says, why don't you just keep the door open? Open the door and then wedge it. Get something stuck under it so it doesn't shut again. Because Jesus wants to come through that door and stay through the door doesn't want to be shut out again. He wants to be able to sit with you. He wants to eat with you. He wants to get to know you. And he wants you to get to know him. That is prayer. That for me is what prayer is. And when we join corporately to pray, we're getting to know Jesus together. We're getting to find out something about him that, I don't know, for all the years of praying on my own, I find there are things that I learn about him when I'm with other people praying that I don't always learn on my own. God is so desiring to know you more. Every single one of you in this room, God desires to know you so much more than he already does. You might think, well, he knows everything. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but he wants to get to know you. He wants to get to, not to know about you, he wants to get to know you. And even more, he wants you, not just to know about him because of things that you've read in there. But he wants you to get to know what he's like. I mean, if he's going to come and eat with you, what does he like to eat? What would he choose if you gave him a choice? Sonia and I are reading a, a book at the moment. It's called... Um, the Emotionally Healthy Leader, and it's by uh, Peter Scazzaro, who's the chap, together with his wife, who do the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality book and, and the teaching course and everything. And um, it's a really good book. I don't think you'd have to be a leader to read it. I, I think it'd be good for anybody, to be honest. But um, just one of the things that we are really finding helpful at the moment is a section in which it's called uh, slowing it sounds it sounds a bit twee actually it's called slowing down for loving union i think that's what is that right yeah slowing down for loving union i may be some of you thinking that doesn't sound twee at all but i just think okay but it's brilliant actually and it's exactly what i'm saying about taking time to to build your relationship with jesus and for me, 
that whole thing about the need to slow down. I mean, in the words of Gil, no, no, in uh, Simon and Garfunkel, not Gilbert and some of them. That's somebody else. Uh, slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last just kicking down the cobbled stones. Come on, you know it. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. I don't have millennials, but all the, all the 1960s and 70s, uh, yay! It's not just about millennials, you know. <laughs> I'm going to Google it later. Slow down. Slow down. Do you know, even if you're retired, it's carefully not trying to look at anybody who's retired, or you don't work for any other reason, you still need to slow down. Because you can fill your life with stuff just as much as somebody who has a nine-to-five job. You know that? You can. Um... I used to think when, when holiday time was coming up, we're going away for a week's holiday or something, feeling convicted that probably I wasn't spending enough time with Jesus, my quiet times and all that. It'll be fine because when I get on holiday, obviously I have far more time and I'll be able to you know, read my Bible and pray. And I'd get home after a week or two and just feel so bad that I'd forgotten because I'd filled myself, sorry, filled my time with having fun. Now, of course, part of what I was missing is slowing down to be with Jesus is about having fun. Because he wants to join in with you. See, when I used to think that praying every day was boring, it's because I didn't realize that actually praying is having fun with Jesus. Now again, if you hear me right, he wants to be in it with you. He wants to enjoy your life with you. You know, he's, he's human. There's a man up there on the throne. And he knows what it's like to be a human. And yet he suffered. And he prayed. But he had fun. You know, he had a sense of humor. I think he would have been fun to be around. Challenging. Oh, yes. But I think he would have been fun to be around. And just learning. I, we're, you know, learning afresh that. Just to stop. That actually, you know what? Everything else can wait. There is nothing that's too important that you can't stop and just okay I suppose if you're at the hospital dealing with cardiac arrest or something probably do that first but there aren't many things where that can't where it can't wait and so many of the things that we think are important that actually at the end of the day they it's it's dust I like the gold dust though I love that kind of dust. God wants to fill us with that kind of dust. And I want us to really hear that, picture that word this morning. Because he wants you to slow down enough that the dust can actually settle on you. He wants you to slow down enough. You rush about, there's no chance. It might look pretty swirling around you in the sunlight, but it, wants to, it needs to settle upon you. We have our um, two granddaughters staying with us for the weekend, for a long weekend. It's a bank holiday weekend. <laughs> They're five and th- three. That's right. It's just Abby was trying to put three fingers up yesterday, and we was, now I'm struggling as well. But <laughs> I'm three. 
Um, if there's a prayer line today, Sonia and I will probably be in it. You get that list of five. If you could just sneak us on, just till Monday. After Tuesday, we'll be fine. Just, just till Monday, if you could help. Um, anyway, uh, they like watching Mary Poppins. Um, they haven't got that video DVD at home. It's really difficult as grandparents finding DVDs that they have because you go to your children's houses and they got walls full of DVDs or Netflix or whatever it is. And uh, so we've got Mary Poppins, and they haven't. Yes. Um, and so they want to watch Mary Poppins. Do you know that film makes me cry? Oh, man, that film makes me cry. Not as a kid. I used to think, well, you know, a spoonful of sugar. All that. Oh, some of you probably have ever seen it. If you haven't seen Mary Poppins, if you can get it on Netflix or something, probably not. No, is it too old? Okay, a second-hand shop. You might get one, a charity shop, something. YouTube. Can you get it on YouTube? Oh, you can rent it on YouTube. It's worth it. Definitely worth it. Sorry? It is on Netflix. Amazon on Netflix. If you haven't got either, just ring around until you find somebody who's got it. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah, yeah, I've got it. Could you wait till after, after Monday though? If you knock on the door up our state, you might find the curtains closed. <laughs> Because they go to bed, we go to bed. They get up, we're up. Okay. I know all the parents here are sat there thinking, sorry, I'm a parent. The parents of currently young children are sat there thinking, what are you on about? Tell you what, 20 or 30 years ago, I could have done all this relentlessly, no problem. I have four children, and my children say to me, what were you thinking? And I say, clearly we weren't thinking much at all. Sorry, I, I've digressed slightly. <laughs> Where was I? Mary Poppins. My parents took me to see Mary Poppins at the cinema. That's how old I am. I know, I, I know I don't look it, but I am. These are just highlights. Um, Mary Poppins. Uh, sorry. There is a point, there is a point. It's probably written down here. I can no. I, I know what the point is. Um, yeah, I, I do now wonder. Particularly, I wonder whether my dad cried when he took me to Mary Poppins. Not because of the cost. <laughs> probably three and sixpence back then. I don't know what it was. But if you watch that film as a dad, and Sonia says as a mum too, although it, it focuses very much on um, Mister. Thanks, thank you. And he, the, oh, I suppose for those of you who haven't seen the film, Mr. Banks is a bank manager. Well, he works in the bank, and he has this very important job, and he's very high up, and he's obviously doing really well. And um, his wife is actually a suffragette, and so she's out campaigning all the time, and the children just get looked after by nannies, a succession of nannies, of whom Mary Poppins is one. And I used to think the film was about Mary Poppins, but... I've come to realize, actually, the film is about Mr. Banks. And it's about the transformation that happens to Mr. Banks because he learns that what he's giving his life to is actually worthless compared to, in this case, the time he could be having with his children. And seeing their, their, um, them grow up. And it's uh, that time, the time that you think 
you know, I can do that later. Just later never comes. Um, yes, and I just, you know what, there's so much that we give ourselves to. There's so much we rush around. Whether you, probably aren't many of us that work in a bank, but we all do stuff. And you know what? It's not as important as you think it is. Probably. Unless you've really got your life sorted out. <laughs> got things in a good balance. It's really not as important as you think it is. And although I'm sure it's important and you want to do well, and whatever job that God has blessed you with or you may feel you've worked hard to get, give yourself to it and, and be the best you possibly can be. But there is something more important. And that is this thing about being steadfast in prayer. And as I'm trying to explain to you, that's not about, it's not just about shutting yourself away and certainly not for me going through a set form of words. I know some people find those very helpful. I'm not knocking those, but what I'm saying to you, whatever it is that you use, whatever it is that you find helpful, remember the point is your relationship with Jesus. He wants to get to know you better and he wants you to get to know him better. In the Colossians verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 2, that I read to you, it says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. That being watchful, I don't know what it speaks of to you, but to me, it is, there's a question to me, and that is, that question is, what can you see? What can you see? When you pray, what can you see? I like to pray um, when I'm walking in the hills. Um, I'm not walking along reciting prayers. I'm just walking along enjoying the day and feeling good about being outside <laughs> and the exercise and the fact of it. And knowing that Jesus is so delighted that I'm enjoying his creation. He's so delighted that I enjoy slogging up the hills to the top and enjoying the view. He's absolutely delighted when we enjoy the physicality of our bodies, the fact that we can run, the fact that we can jump, the fact that we can do whatever. And even if we feel restricted in some way, what we can do, God just wants to enjoy that with us. And to look and see, and I found so many times in my life, the times when God has spoken to me so clearly is it's been when I've been doing something like walking in the hills. Or my other um, thing I love to do, which is garden. And a couple of weeks ago, I was doing some hard work. I was turning over the vegetable plot. It had been left fallow for six months or whatever it was, and it, the weeds were having a heyday, so digging it over. And it was in that that God spoke to me so clearly on two things out of my heart, things I was kind of asking about. And it was while I was digging that I had my breakthrough in terms of hearing what God was saying. And I'm both... Well, actually, I wasn't surprised. At one time, I would have been surprised that those are the times that God speaks to me. It's interesting hearing what Liz shared this morning because she saw something that God spoke to her. I know she was in a prayer meeting, but she, she saw something. She was being watchful. And I just want to encourage all of us that when we pray, whatever that means for you to pray, is just pray with your eyes open, especially if you're walking somewhere. <laughs> pray with your eyes open. Put your phone in your pocket, maybe, and just say, Lord, it's a great day. Or actually, Lord, it's raining. 
<laughs> you stop it. But whatever it is, and just say, Lord, which is probably more usual, I get that. We'll rush outside and so you can pray sunny prayers in a minute. Um, is just to start to or continue to develop that sense of praying where it's, it's every part of your life. Yeah, it's good to stop at time and, and, and draw aside. Um, some days I do spend quite a lot of time working on the computer. And so I try and stop every now and again anyway to look out the window just to do my eyes some good. But it's a great opportunity while I'm looking out the window to just be really conscious about saying, Lord, I haven't, I haven't forgotten you. <laughs> and just talking to him and, and hearing from him. Yeah, so we sang this morning, Jesus, your loving kindness is better than life. And if you like, as we were singing, I was thinking, yeah, that is that. There's some things which are more important and we need to get them. And the other thing from the, st- the story um, that, that Jesus told, it was to not give up praying and also not to lose heart and not to grow faint or not to grow discouraged, depending on which translation you read. Uh, having the grandchildren with us, we, we took them out yesterday, went to Nostal Priory, uh, not because we thought they'd look, like to look around the house, uh, because there's an adventure playground there. Um, but uh, before we'd got 10 minutes, you can guess what two little girls in the back of the car are saying. Are we there yet? Of course, I always say, well, we are there. Depends. Anyway, there it goes over their heads. <clears throat> Sonia says, no, we're not there yet. So she's much more straightforward than I am. Are we there yet? Uh, no. Um, and it's not, it's clearly not something which is exclusive to my granddaughters because my grandsons, the two that can talk, uh, do exactly the same thing. Children get bored or discouraged so quickly. And I guess a lot of adults probably do that as well. But as adults, we have to pick ourselves up, don't we? We have to encourage ourselves. It's a long journey. It's no good to me saying to Sonia, are we nearly there yet? You know, I'm nearly, I'm not telling you how old I am. <laughs> she would look at me like, you're driving. <laughs> and there is a sense in where we, you know, we do need to learn as we grow as Christians to not lose heart. You know, there's a sense in which we all have to encourage ourselves to not lose heart. And I want to just say to all of us today, some of us who are feeling a little bit, mm, or uh, any other nonverbal, is to say, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Encourage yourself. Read the Psalms. Pick a good one. Read a Psalm. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. There are times, you know, when we have to be the grown-up and say, yes, I can encourage myself. At the same time, you know what? We need to encourage each other too. Think about how you can spur one another on to love and good deeds, the Bible says. And so it's looking around us to say, who can I encourage? But it's also being able to look around to say sometimes, oh, I need some encouragement. Who can I, who can I ring up? Please will you encourage me? <laughs> There's nothing wrong in saying to somebody, I'm feeling rubbish. 
I just need someone to encourage me. Will you encourage me? I need, I need that. One of the things, uh, that, sorry, the thing that uh, Sarah started off this morning was the whole thing about pilgrimage. And the thing about pilgrimage, as much as I understand it, is you have to keep going. Uh, John Bunyan wrote a book called Pilgrim's Progress, which I guess is even older than the J.B. Phillips. I don't know when he wrote it. What's the date? Is it a long time ago, isn't it? Long, long, long time ago. Yeah, definitely before I was born. And I have read it. And I encourage you to, if you have not read it, uh, it's, a, it's an excellent book. I mean, what he says in it is really, really good. But he talks about these different things that would distract from this pilgrimage that he's going on. And you'll recognize some of the language is a bit old-fashioned, but not the issues by any means. And the thing about pilgrimage is that we keep going. Whatever that pilgrimage is to, so Sarah is encouraging us today, that pilgrimage to get to know God better, to grow in our relationship with him, to go deeper with him. It's a pilgrimage. Sometimes it will feel like you're just skipping downhill and the sun is shining and the sun will be on your back. Other times there'll be a gale in your face and you won't know where you're going. But we're still on the same pilgrimage to know Jesus and to know him better. To know him and to know him better. Keep going. Do not lose heart. Um, The 1 Thessalonians verse I read to you said this, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I know you've heard about giving thanks in all circumstances. We heard on it, preached on it recently. But it is a key to being able to to keep going forward. Is to rejoice. It's to have fun. It's to be happy. And whether you feel that way or not, to give thanks in all circumstances. You're trying to have a time of prayer. You're trying to have a time of worship and you're not sure how to start, then my strong encouragement with you to you would be start by saying thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're already worshipping him. That's all it is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And as you start to thank him, the Holy Spirit inside will get very excited because he loves it when you thank him. And he will then start to rise up inside of you and help you to pray even in the most dire of circumstances. Okay. Praise God.